Hey, Adam. Yes. Spoo-bop. Those stockings are so shiny. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Daily music advice and inspiration. Oh. oh, I'm feeling inspired today. And if you are, maybe go to openstudiojazz.com and check out all of our courses. Peter has a weekly piano lesson that he's been doing for like 19 years or something. How long have you been doing this? Yeah, I first did it on a Super 8 camera <laughs> with no sound. Actually, you did do it on one of those like little, what was it, like a flip or something? Flip cam. Woo! Flip cam. Square. Oh Square. I got HD. one of those. Not HD. I got one of those Christmas 2008 or something. Yeah, so that would be about when, uh, no, I started a little after. I've been doing it about nine years, going on 10 years. That's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. So you have like 400 something lessons up there. Anyway, Go to openstudiojazz.com and check out all of our piano courses. Check out the Piano Access Pass. Super yeah. popular. Um, and we'll talk about this at the end, but I'm so excited about this because yesterday, for our dear listeners, I love the way we say that. When I say we, it's only me for some reason. What? I say dear listeners. I always make a connection with Kim Jong-un, our dear leader. Our dear leader. In, in yeah. North Korea. Yeah, I don't know why. Isn't it nice that we live in a free country, for now, that uh, we can make jokes about dear leaders and stuff like that? It is pretty great. Yeah, yeah. You know my favorite- Enjoy it. My favorite North Korean anecdote, and this was for- um, my four, I was going to say, your favorite North- I only know one, Kim Jong. Well, Kim- Well, so now it's Kim Jong-un. Kim uh, Jong-un. Kim Jong-un. But his dad, Kim Jong-il, <laughs> he didn't poop. That's what the official- He had no butthole. The official party line was he never went poop. Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. I mean, Man, that, that's next level. You know, you're that's some good leadership there. That's when a dear leader. You, that is a dear leader when your whole country is is convinced. You, you know don't why? Because you're so busy leading, you don't even have time to take you a don't crap have time for nothing besides <laughs> just being awesome. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's right. Um, let's segue from that to a little jazz advice. How you go? Um, well, yeah, we're going to talk about this at the end, but I just want to throw a phone number out there. Oh, my God. Here you we know? go. Okay. Because you didn't know about this. We talked about this yesterday. We tested this. Leave us a voicemail. Give us a call. Oh, Actually, yes. we may even, if you know when we're recording, if you call while we were recording this in our secret bunker, also known as the pod suite. We'll put you on. We will. Well, can we do that? Sure. Yeah, we, got we, enough, we got enough cableage around here. 314-282-6437. This is like an old school call-in radio well, show. Well, it goes to a land... Seventh caller gets a special t-shirt. <laughs> it goes to a landline that's that's uh, manned by an old lady named Doris who's got her hair up in curlers and is chain-smoking very long, thin cigarettes. And she'll be like, you'll hear it, podcast. What do you want? <laughs> Who do you want? Adam or Peter? Yeah. Line one for... Press one for Peter. Press two for Adam. Daily jazz advice. What's your problem? <laughs> That's how that goes, yeah. It's 314-282-6437. Yes, but we do have a nice salutation or incarnation or whatever you would call the beginning of the situation uh, with both your voice. And if you just want to call up and hear both our voices. It's not my voice, man. You know what? You can text us at that number, too, I think. I don't know. Try it. (laughs) You're no, just it, works. It, up. it works. Come on, You're man. You're just making it up. I'm not. I mean, try it. See what happens. Text Send us Peter. Text. text. Well, no, that's not my number. But but Texas will come to us. It's the you know, if Doris texts you back. Number. Right. What do you want? What do you want? Um, so, what are we talking about today, dear leader? <laughs> today we are talking about <laughs> clapping with every 
emphasis on no we're talking about tips for playing with a big band actually you know what talking like this is a little bit like comping with a big band if you think about it no you have to clap really loud so you can't hear what you're saying then it's like comping with a big band. <laughs> yeah yeah i can't hear a damn thing uh so we have an email from nick Nick says, hi, Adam and Peter. I've been playing piano for a jazz orchestra slash big band for almost two years now. While it has been a great experience so far, there are still some aspects of playing in that setting which could use some improving. One thing I notice is that you can't play chords that are too colorful as that will clash with what the horns are doing. Yes. What are your recommendations for finding chords that fit with the horns? Run and, quickly, and fast how, and far to a solo piano gig. Also, how would you comp while the horns do their thing? Duke Ellington had a very sparse approach while Oscar Peterson... Because he was standing up conducting. <laughs> that's right. Oscar Peterson would have blazing runs. What are some tips for playing in a big band? Thanks. And that's from Nick. Thank you, Nick, for the for Thanks, the, for the great question. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know where that came Forget from. about it, Nick. For, yeah. Forget about it. Um, no, that's cool. Uh, Oscar Peterson with the big band. I never heard that. I haven't either. I'm sure it happened, though. And I'm sure if it happened, it happened just as Nick described <laughs> exactly. here with blazing runs. Exactly. That was his kind of MO. Well, I mean, yeah. And I think that that would be just an extreme case of like, if you're really at a high level, not only with your playing, but with your hearing. Like a lot of things mm. about great players, especially pianists that, you know, because it's such a potentially technical instrument that can do so much. And you see this in classical music as well. Um, it, the piano, like great pianists dazzle us with their technique for sure so and with the velocity and the amount of things and that you know can you get four or even five voices going I mean Bach was writing three part four part fugues and like so many great things can happen and so it becomes the orchestra it becomes the big band it becomes not only a simulation of it but but just like a one-man band one woman band as it were and so you know, once you're forced to, to to be in that situation we think oh there's no way on Oscar Peterson I'd love to I'm going to look that up there's no way he could survive because he's playing so much. He can barely survive in a trio without playing on top of everybody. But usually these great musicians, and Oscar is what was a great example of this, not only incredible technicians, but incredible ears. Mm -hmm. So incredible taste. Like you you get that confluence of, of all these skills that actually, I think he becomes so underrated as such a great ensemble player. You hear this, what, what I would really notice a lot was his accompaniment for singers which would be busy AF, as we say, uh, you know, compared to something that you or I might by, might try or other pianists that are down on earth. Uh, but yeah, he could pull it off. I would not even off. try that. We'll yeah. <laughs> but because his ears and, and his reaction, like like he was so quick on his feet. He may not have been light on his feet, but don't get that confused with him being very quick on his feet because he was. Yeah. I mean, and even, you know, when he had his health issues later on, um, I, I mean, I got a chance, uh, the pleasure of seeing him play live several times at different points, but I heard him when he was quite sick at the end, but incredible instincts and incredible reactions. I mean, just uncanny. Mm. And so I think that a lot of that comes from the ears and combining that with the incredible technique and then the incredible musical you know, sensitivity and then just a command of the instrument. So I think that we can probably rule out being able to play at his level with a big man, but we can take some of those things and kind of fit it in with what's available to us and really double down, triple down, quadruple, 10x down on listening intently. And I think Nick kind of brings this up a little bit in terms of like, 
he's already hearing some things like you have to hear how you clash mm-hmm. before you can figure out what you can do but you don't want to be scared it's kind of like playing with the guitarist yeah. you don't want to be so scared that you're like oh i can't say anything it's like if you get a chance to have a conversation with somebody that is clearly just your intellectual superior which is no problem with that i love getting those situations but don't deal with that like there's two ways you don't want to deal with that for sure to be totally silent or to be talking over them. That's right. You know what I mean? They're both kind of equally right. sinful in a way. So you got to find your places. Like how much can you say and how do you fit in yep. by, by knowing your place but being additive rather than clashing? Well, it's interesting you mentioned playing with the guitar is one of the things because oftentimes in, in big band playing, we are playing with a guitar too. I know. There's the and what about vibes as well? And Come yeah, on. there could be guitar and vibes and the guitar is usually, you know, if it's like a bassy style band, they're doing... Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And then... So, you know, what, Nick, what you really have to come from here is that your role in the rhythm section of a big band is unique and it's different than any other situation. Certainly different than trio or even quartet, quintet, sextet, certainly different than a duo situation. And you have to realize that your main job in this is not to provide the harmony, which is weird because that's what we usually are asked to do. Now that, to your point, Peter, that doesn't mean you never play, although you can lay out a lot more than you normally would yes. if, you, if you're in a quartet. But that's part of listening, too. That's part of listening. Yeah. So a couple of things to think about, Nick. Uh, think about what your, what you, what's your main job as the pianist in a big band. Usually, you have a, a couple of really important roles. Like, you might be asked to set up a rubato. There's all, of, all the time, right? The pianists get the rubato role in the big band at the beginning of a tune, right? So right. take that seriously. Learn how to do that really really well and learn those sections really 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 well like don't be the pianist that is just there to solo or comp realize that one of your main things uh, one of your main gigs as the pianist in a big man is the rubato intros and and the intros and the bass lines with the bass player yes. on, on like a groovy thing learn all of those be able to play all of those the second thing to think about is that when uh, is there's there needs to be a balance here right where in general the more that's going on, the less you need to do. So if it's a saxophone solely, you could definitely get in there, right? Make sure to always uh, good big band arrangements, and usually a lot of pro big band arrangements, will have very detailed chorusing signatures in which if the saxophone players are playing a C7 um, uh, flat 13 uh, yeah. sharp 9, it's going to be labeled with all of the exact extensions. And like if there's not a sharp 11 in, like if they're playing, then you don't just add a sharp 11 because yeah. you think it goes there, right? right? Don't add anything unnecessary to the chord change, and that'll keep you out of trouble. Always listen to your ears just to make sure. But the more things happen when the trombones come in with them, if it's a full big band, the less you actually have to do. And you right. can, I mean, when I, when I play with um, any big band or orchestra or even like no net situations or whatever, I spend no maybe, net. yeah, I play with a no net sometimes. Oh, I'm. Oh, I just, it's like a it's like a condensed people, down right? big band. It's nine right. instruments. For some reason, I'm thinking no net. I was thinking of like I'm picturing Adam. There's a rope connected between two skyscrapers. He's yeah. walking. I don't know why that jumped in my head with and no net. With no net. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like sometimes, That's Peter. Right. No, but uh, so there's no guitar player. But even even then, like when Wait, everybody's no guitar player, no net, no net, no, no nothing. <laughs> no, but like if the band is playing like. I don't have to play. No. There's no need for me to play with no net. No need, <laughs> no net, no, no need, no, no, net. no, 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 no like, guitar. I can lay out. Now, I might choose my spot. So if they're like, maybe I'm like, I'll, yeah, I'll bassy yeah. it up. 
you know, do yeah. something that is out of their range. That's that's a thing. That's the other thing. The only other role you have besides all of that is to be the best comper that you can be when soloists are happening, right? And right. comper is a word that we love around here. Comper, right? But but, but uh, to honestly be so supportive when it's time for soloists to play that it, it provides a different texture, right? So. Um, yeah, that's great. So I would just think about, you know, what we could layer in with that perhaps would be, uh, something that is, would, is actually really good for us as pianists to think about and take back to all the different wonderful situations, uh, that we can play in, be it solo piano, be it duo. What a great instrument. Can we talk, can we give a hand to the piano? It's the best instrument. It's the best. It can be the worst. It can be the worst. It's the best and the worst. It's so freaking hard. It is hard. But like, if you think about, so a big band will be a situation in which I, I think if you want to maximize both your contribution to the situation and your contribution to your development as an overall musician would be the the mindset of how do you play the highest quality music and contribution with the least amount of notes, not even necessarily like that you have to play sparse. I mean, although you've outlined some places where you do have to play sparse, but I'm talking about like where you've only got a couple of beats to play something. For sure. But you you don't have a chance. Like we're so used to being able to like ease our way. Yeah. He's your friend. Exactly. Like how good can you play that instead of just being like, oh, this is all I have to play. Yeah. Like can you take that to 11? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And so that's not something that we normally have to develop so we might not be able to do that as good as like think about a trom- think about the third trombone player in a in a big band that only gets to solo every third night and it's like a six bar solo or something yep. like they have to maximize and like a lot of times those trombone players will play something so killing just because that's their creative outlet you know right. they get that moment yeah. yeah i mean i remember playing in the you know i did did the played with the what was oh Lincoln Center Jazz? I was trying to say the Wint Marsalis big band. It kind of is the Lincoln Center Jazz Orchestra. I was trying to remember. Wait, which was. band is that? I've never heard of well, it. <laughs> we used to have a joke because there was like one of the trombone players' fathers who would he was lived actually lived in close to Chicago and he'd come to any gigs that we were close by Indiana or even Missouri or whatever. And he was so funny. He's like, man, I love you guys. He's like, I love the Lincoln City Orchestra. He's like, he always had a different. Na- he never could nail the Lincoln Center. J- just like That's I can. All right, man. He was like, man, that Lincoln City big band is great. That Winton Lincoln band is. Yeah, like he had all these great names for it. That like, Winton nope. Center Big Band is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. always a combination. But um, I used to always be a little bit drug. I was young. I was young, and I was like very ambitious. And it was from the situations I'd come from. I was like, man, I don't get a lot of chance to play. And so I would kind of be at the first couple of months. I was sort of drugged about that. And you know, but then I said, you know what? Let me let me figure out. There was certainly a lot of challenges of things to play, but a lot of them I felt like I couldn't really be heard, and I couldn't. So I had to find my places. Like I remember playing. The Duke Ellington um, Nutcracker Suite, yeah. you know, arrangement, That's great stuff with orchestra and you know New York Philharmonic and Lincoln Cent- Lincoln cool. City Jazz Band yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, together, and there's like hardly anything written. Half the, the two thirds of the movements just say tacit. Yeah. So like I had to find my place, but then I was like, you know what? Whatever parts I'm gonna play. I'm going to hit the quality level yeah. as close to Duke Ellington as I can. That's right. You're you're now in the auxiliary of an orchestra. Yeah. It's a whole thing. And even with that, I didn't have a lot of souls, but that was like. I actually had more souls than almost everybody That's in the right. band. Certainly more than all the trombone players. We're so spoiled, man. We're so spoiled. <laughs> we're like, I don't get a soul on but, every tune. But this is a perfect example, right? Of where like now your rubato intros they start to matter. Just what you can do, the little things yep. that you you play your role and you play it well. I'll also say one more thing about this, Nick, before we go, which is treat this like you were doing a gig at like 
you know, the fat cat and you're playing the music of Kurt Rosenwinkel or whatever, you're going to listen to all of that music a lot. You're going to know it backwards and forwards. Right. Why not listen to the tracks that you're playing? You know, this is like a big thing that, that doesn't get done in big bands is like, l- listen to the recordings. And what is Duke Ellington playing? Which you seem to have a handle on, actually. So, you know, listen to the Basie band. Listen to a bunch of big bands. Listen to what the pianists are doing and do what they do. Right. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Um, and one more one more little thing I'll just say. Oh, okay. The, right. the learn the arrangements. Like, you might think, oh, I just have to That's learn. That's what I just said. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. I was, I was actually texting somebody. No, no, no. But learn them not only for, for when not to play because you don't want to get in the way, but for when you can play along with it. Did you say that? No. Okay. So, see? Give me a chance. Come on. Come on, dear leader. <laughs> dear leader. I don't you know, because, defecate. You no, know, but sometimes it's almost like feathering the bass drum. Like, do drummers have to do it? Can it really hey, be careful, heard? careful, careful. My yeah, mom listens no. to this podcast. So, yeah, the, you they you can feel it, and so sometimes like if you really know the arrangement and the voicings, and you can play with that saxophone section, even you if can it's do not it. in yeah, your yeah. part, you got to know that can be though. supportive, and especially yeah. if it's maybe like a little bit less experienced, big like you can kind of like because mm. as pianists, we're still responsible, I think, Ooh. for knowing the arrangement and being able to do a little bit of um, direction. One thing when I that. when uh, playing in in bands that have a lot of charts or whatever. Do yourself a favor, add some sight reading practice into your normal practice routine. That's, yeah. I think this is big. I don't do it a lot anymore because I don't do a lot of reading. I'm right. sorry, I'm pointing very emphatically I know, I, if you guys can see him, he's very dogmatic. Take, he's pointing at me. And I'm we at, will get to the next frontier. No, but really, you know, take this opportunity, Nick, to like incorporate sight reading into your regular practice routine. This needs to be something that you hit on the daily because you, that's the only way to get better at it. Yes. So anyway. Hit it on the daily. Hit it on the daily. Absolutely. Good stuff. Adam Manis, dear leader. (laughs) Well, good. Thanks, Nick. Everybody, keep the questions coming. And we have... Oh, boy. I'm just checking. Oh, my gosh. We have not gotten any voicemails. You know what? Maybe I'm not being clear about this. No, you've been I've been been clear. clear. You know, maybe people are just like, I don't use my phone for anything but apps. When was the last time anybody called you? Man, I'm a Anybody. Oh, I get calls all the time. You call? Yeah. You, you uh, like Joe Biden, Kamala Harris calls me every day. Uh, well, I get texts money. from them mostly. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I mean, I get calls. You, you don't get calls? I like I like using this as a phone. You know, young people forget that these these magical devices are not just playing games on and texting. No, you know, this is a, originally known as a telephone. You know what I get calls from? I get calls from my eight-year-old because we have my phone connected to the Google Home at home. And so I'll get calls from Ivan who will be like, hey, dad. I'll be like, what? And he's like, but... And I'm like, ah, oh, you know. oh, like bring me some chips upstairs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you can leave us a voicemail. If you listen to yesterday's episode, you will hear what our voicemail sounds like, which is silly because you could just call in and leave us a voicemail. It's like we have, it's like we're like Gary Shandling in the early 90s and we have a service, right? <laughs> you, know, you guys ever have a service? Man, I had like a, a did you ever have a full? I had no, one for a man. While. Yeah. That's what this man, is what it reminds me of. It's like we have a service. You know who had, uh, who was that? There was an actor, Bill Murray. For years, no, he didn't have an agent. He didn't have an agent. Manager, he had like yeah. a like an answering machine. Uh. <laughs> it was like a service. It was just like leave a message for Bill. That's like how, that's how you'd hire him. Uh-huh. So you can do that with us. Call us at 314-282-6437. Maybe it's because you know what? I just realized why people aren't calling us. Why? We, it's it's a it's a toll number. It's not a toll free number. Yeah, for our European <laughs> friends, it's going to charge them long distance. Oh well, so would an eight hundred number. Uh, do they? Are there even? Remember when long distance was a huge deal? Oh, of course. It's yeah. So not a big deal anymore. Yeah. I don't even think about it. Right, yeah. Adam, dear leader, welcome to the nineties. So three one four two eight two six four three seven. Leave us a voicemail or a text. 
if that works. That, Hit me up on Twitter. We, we don't know. We don't know at if it works. I am Peter Martin. Um, leave us a rating review. We're all caught up on reading those. We read every rating review that we can find on air. On air. Yeah. Now, right now, we're only seeing them on Apple uh, Podcasts, Apple iTunes Podcasts. Is there uh, something? Spotify apparently doesn't have them. Is there something grasping about that? Is there something a little uh-huh. about reading the rating and reviews on air? Is there something maybe a little like? Are we reaching with that? No, I'm people just like I, I like shouting out people to let let them know and let us know that they're real people out there listening. Oh, I true. love that yeah. connection. I do like shouting. But I'm a good out. person. You, yeah. dear leader, apparently are not. Oh, sorry, that was that was a little harsh. But you don't like that. Uh, I, th- I I'm just wondering if it's how how's it come across? Yeah. Well, there's something in it for them. They get their shout out. You know what? Shy people. That's why they aren't leaving ratings and reviews. They don't want to be shouted at. If you don't want to be shouted out, put that in at the end of your review. Yeah, no shout out. No shout out. Yeah. I won't hear it. Yeah. (laughs) So till tomorrow. You'll hear it.